Hey everyone, I wanted to give you a heads up about some promotions that are going on at Blick Art Supply. Apparently, May 16th is Drawing Day, so Blick is inviting you to celebrate Drawing Day. They have their Blick colored pencils marked 50% off right now, so it's a great opportunity to get some drawing supplies. We've done episodes on drawing and the importance of it in your art practice in the past. They also have some other really good promotions right now. I know most of our listeners use oil paints, and the Gamblin oil paints and sets are 40% off right now as well. I also want to remind everyone to please use our Blick affiliate link when you order your art supplies. That's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. You can find that link in the description of this episode, or you can go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the button that says Blick in the upper left-hand corner. And when you use our affiliate link when you order your art supplies, Blick donates 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio Podcast. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And when you think about how much money you spend on art supplies and how much value you get from this show, if everyone just uses that affiliate link and bookmarks it, we can pay for all of our hosting, all of our equipment, and keep on providing this content for you. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick to both support the podcast and take advantage of those promotions that are going on right now. All right, that's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about creative passion. Passion is a vital ingredient to staying motivated and focused on our creative work. It helps us find our own direction and voice and keeps us going even under hard personal circumstances or times when the outside world is failing to provide validation. Passion is a source of creative energy that sustains and revitalizes us. But is creative passion something we just have as an innate part of our personality? Or can it be nurtured and developed if we lack it? Today, we talk about creative passion and how to nurture and honor its role in our lives as artists. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So recently um, on Cold Wax Academy uh, live session, uh, Jerry McLaughlin and I interviewed the author Eric Maisel, um, and he writes a lot about creativity coaching and, you know, sustaining a creative practice and so on. And he mentioned um, passion as a really underlying key ingredient um, for creative output, maybe the ingredient. And we have a um, an aspect of the session where people could make comments and ask questions during the session. And, and there were a number of questions that came in about, well, what if I don't have it? What if I don't feel it? What do I do about this? And we didn't really have time to go into that uh, particular thing in the session. So I thought it would be good to take that on um, and to talk about this whole idea of, because it's, it's, an, it's an ideal to have a true sustaining creative passion. And, and a lot of people feel that they fall a little bit short. Um, and I, I think there are ways to work on that. So but I think, you know, Eric had a really good point that um, passion is important and it, it does keep us on track. And if you don't have this kind of energy behind what you're doing, um, you know, all kinds of things can happen. Like you, you know, you don't put your art first. You, you Other things can get in the way. You can neglect your practice. Um, 
find excuses, you know, not to do it. And then maybe you end up berating yourself because you're not spending more time in the studio. And, or if you do spend a lot of time in your studio and you don't have enough passion to, to feel really confident about this, then you can question yourself. Am I spending too much time? Am I spending too much money? And there's a sort of like, you have to justify your involvement somehow. And, and all these things can sort of, uh, they get in the way of art playing a really central role in your life. And that is what passion provides. I mean, when you have passion for your work, you really don't question it. But if you are questioning, you know, what am I doing here? Then perhaps you're lacking that, that passion. Um, and you may think, well, um, you know, I guess I don't have it. You know, uh, other people have it. I don't have it. And, and then you, you know, you really struggle with all those issues that, that I just went over. And it's tough. It, it's a roadblock. Right. And if we think about passion as in terms of its utility and in terms of what it helps us to achieve, um, it, it can be that drive. It can be ambition. It can also just be what helps us to get into a flow state in our work where things are moving easily. Um, and, uh, and achieving that flow state, uh, working on that part of it, can lead to uh, a, a growth in the passion that you have for your work. Right. Um, if you're struggling to achieve that flow state, if things are just not coming easily to you, um, then it can be very difficult to maintain yeah. that passion. Um, and and so I, you know, the first piece of advice that I would give is to try to structure your work environment and your work habits so that it it leads into achieving that flow state more easily. Um, if you have something that is interrupting your workflow. Um, then, then that's something that's going to pull you out and and start and drain that passion from you. Yeah, that that's a really good summary of it. I mean, it's it's all about um, giving yourself the right conditions to start to develop that passion. And I I think when you if you feel that you don't have it, and I was getting the impression that at least for some of the people that were watching that live session, it was you know they were kind of a little upset maybe that, oh, this is what you have to have. And they're thinking, but I don't. Um, and what, what passion is in its, you know, best purest form does, it sets a pretty high standards. It's like a high bar. It's this kind of emotional intensity that you feel for your work. And I'm not going to say that doesn't ebb and flow, but, you know, overall, it's a sustaining energy. And it's, it's a really big commitment. It's a big commitment even when, you know, things are not going very well. And <laughs> we all go through that um, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, maybe it's our physical health. Maybe, you know, it's financial stuff. Maybe it's because we can't find a gallery. I mean, all these things that can um, weigh on us and get in the way, but pa passion can help you get through those times so well. And I think it's also kind of a feeling of um, you really wouldn't know what to do with yourself if you didn't have your work. And this is kind of a an interesting question that 
you know, I've thought about, well, what if I really couldn't do my artwork? It's like, I just kind of draw a blank. I mean, it's just such a, a central part um, of my life. And I know for a lot of people that they would just leave an enormous hole if it, if it weren't there. Um, well, and passion is a, is a positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it, it feeds into itself. So if you're passionate about something and you're achieving a good workflow and things are are going well for you, then that feeds into the passion and makes it stronger. And just as we have negative feedback loops where you're not achieving a flow state, your work is not coming to you easily, you're struggling, and that feeds into itself. It's hard to break out of that. Right. Um, if, we, if we develop uh, habits and methods of working that, that create positive feedback loops, then that, that is the route to success because you're, you're spiraling upward instead of spiraling downward. Yeah, and I think when, when Eric Maisel was talking um, to our group, he's written a book about um, the power of daily practices. And, you know, I think, I think that was kind of one of his points is you can, you can get there through just your own involvement. It can be really a struggle at first. And, and you know, we've talked so often on the podcast about the kind of emotional struggles that people go through and the kind of negative self-talk and everything. Um, and I wouldn't say that passion doesn't involve any of that. I mean, I think, I think people can be very passionate and be self-critical and be, you know, down at times and all those things. Uh, but there's this kind of underlying basic idea that, you know, there's no doubt that you're going to continue with this. <laughs> you, you know, you even in the worst of times, you don't even doubt it. And one of the interesting things about it is that when you really respect your need to make art and your passion for it, um, it it flows outward to the people around you so that, at least ideally, they respect it as well. Um, and so, you know, that, that also is a positive feedback thing where people learn who you are as an artist and they, they're not going to um, say, well, what are you doing with, you know, how come you're spending so much time at this? Because your your own respect for your work can rub off on other people. Uh, I say ideally, I know that that doesn't always happen. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to talk more about, well, what if you feel like you don't have this? And, and everything I was just talking about is, you know, it is, is kind of ideal. I mean, it's, it's the result of a lot of work. It's the result of a lot of time. And, you know, you're starting out maybe, or or you've gone through some hard times and your work has fallen away. And this idea of this sustaining passion can uh, be daunting, really. Even though, you know, you know you're serious about your work or you're devoted to it in your own way, maybe this, uh, the standard, the standards I just talked about of where it's very emphatic in your life isn't there. I really don't feel like it's a you have it or you don't have it situation. You know, like a lot of things, there's there's varying degrees and you you start with where you are. Um you don't have to feel intimidated about this. 
but I do believe that it's it's part of an overall development that takes it takes self-reflection, it takes action, and it does take commitment that you may or may not find easy. <laughs> I think the commitment can be really difficult um, starting out. But it is it is the doorway, you know, to to getting in deeper, and getting in deeper is, you know, that that's what happens once you become very involved in your work, um, as you mentioned, you know, starting to really stick to some good habits, getting in the studio a lot, it does grow. I don't think very many people feel passionate about something the first time they try it, right? I mean, you may say, oh, this is cool. I'm really interested. Um, but most of us need to, to come a little ways up the ladder, you know, to, to get some success, to get some positive feedback before we start to feel that real energy. And, you know, if you haven't quite got there yet, then, yeah, that takes some patience, I think. It does take commitment in the beginning to get going. Um, I think really what you need is, is a strong marriage to your work. You know, it's, it's not, it's not puppy dog love. It's not a honeymoon phase. It's a, an ongoing give and take relationship with your work, uh, based on commitment. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that if you have that kind, same kind of attitude about it, that you can really maintain a passionate, um, you can really maintain your passion for your work over the long haul. Yeah, I you know, I mean the the word passion involve in the word passion relates to intense emotional involvement. And I think it's interesting to bring up um an analogy of of marriage because we tend to think of marriages as being more passionate in the beginning and yet the passion that sustains a long marriage is a different kind of passion and it is a commitment and it is an unfolding. And it's still an intense involvement, um, emotional involvement. And and the word passion, I think, can throw people off because it does sound like that, you know, that whatever, first love. But think about it in the long term. You know, how do people stay married? How does life go on? It is that longer term um, involvement. And so interesting analogy, really. Um and it can start very emotionally. <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of why how we get hooked, how we get hooked into people or whatever we're doing is this excitement. And then how do you sustain that? How do you keep going? One of the things I think with a studio practice is that sometimes what we're doing isn't quite the right fit. And I guess that can ha happen with relationships as well. There's a lot of good things going on, but it's just not quite right somehow. And so part of this longer term involvement is figuring out if what you're doing in the studio is really what is right for you. Well, that's a big thing. Because a lot of times, we start in art with something that is available to us, or we know somebody that does th something. And or, you know, we're in we're in college, and we like the instructor, whatever it is. And we get going on a path that while it's in the general realm of what we want to do, maybe not quite right. Um, you know, we see a lot of people 
uh, starting to work with cold wax medium and oil that are coming from other media and saying, ah, this now this really feels like a good fit. Um, and that could be true of any medium. You know, you, you get into it and you say, ah, now this is it. I, I started out as a printmaker and I, I quite enjoyed it. It was good. But as soon as I really started delving into painting, that was it. You know, that, that fit. Whereas certain aspects of printmaking didn't exactly fit. Uh, for one thing, it had to be too neat, right? <laughs> neat and precise was not me, but painting felt so different. Um, and so that was a good fit. And I, I did then start to to develop the passion that I needed to, to go on. And once you hit a groove with something, you're much more likely to develop your passion. And your printmaking is something that you continue to to work with and has influenced the way that you work in in oils. Yes. Um and it's it's become a part of your practice in perhaps unexpected ways. Right, nothing nothing wasted there. Um but the but the focus like if I were just going to do printmaking for me I don't think that would be my passion, you know. Right. It's just it's not it's a good sideline for me but it's not my main thing. I would really miss painting if I didn't do it. Um, and it can definitely take a while to find that. You try different things. Um, sometimes you might, you know, even switch from like 2D to 3D work or decide um, to, you know, really learn a new medium that that just sparks you somehow, just the right fit. Real quick, I got to let our listeners know about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry are busy preparing new presentations for their spring quarter weekly live interactive sessions. The topics for spring are shape, scale, and proportion, and self-coaching to improve your work habits and productivity. As always, there will be plenty of opportunities to interact with Rebecca, Jerry, and other members, along with critique sessions, feedback about your paintings, and of course, a deep dive into the three selected topics of the quarter. Cold Wax Academy has been receiving lots of rave reviews from members. They know it is the best online learning for cold wax painting available and the only membership program dedicated to this medium. Find out more at coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. Okay, so I also want to talk about some kind of emotional factors that can block passion that may be there under the surface. And I think this because passion is an emotional feeling, um, I tend to think there are emotional situations that can get in the way. And if you could unblock some of those, then you could feel this um, more. And so one of these, um, we talked about this a little bit already, is, is commitment. Um, are you ready to be committed to some? To, to your work, that's really big. Um, feeling like you can't commit <laughs> ties in with a lot of things, right? Like self-confidence, um, the ability to, to project into the future, to set goals, um, to see yourself as an artist. And so, you know, just not being able to take that step, how can you feel passionate if you're not ready to commit to something? Um, cause that's a big one. And I think it's, it's a good one to confront if you're feeling this lack. 
a passion. Another one is, is it, is it a little scary to you to be intense about something like your work? <laughs> is it okay to feel strong emotion about it? Um, or have you somehow learned through, probably through the reactions of other people, have you somehow learned to sort of dismiss or trivialize your passion? Um, maybe other people have trouble seeing you that way. And this is often true for people that, you know, haven't really um, followed an underlying passion for art their whole life. They've done another job. They've been in another field. And now as they reach retirement or they're in retirement or sometimes way younger people make this shift. I, I've known people that put aside a, a high-charge professional career to pursue art, very challenging step. Um, but this, but this uh, idea of yourself as someone passionately involved in art, you know, maybe that's not quite your self-image and you, it, it's a little too much to think about it. Uh, so I think that's another one is, you know, are, are you influenced by how other people see you? And um, can, you, can you change that a little bit? Um, and I think there's another one that has to do with what we were talking about just before the break, which is, are you really doing what you want to do in the studio? And it may not just be the media or material. I mean, we're kind of talking about finding a good fit for your actual uh, materials and process, but it could also be um, your style, your approach. Maybe you have been uh, working only realistically or representationally for many years, and, and maybe you're successful at that, and that's what people appreciate in your work, but it's starting to die out for you a little bit. Um, you're maybe in this example that I'm using, which kind of comes from my own life, actually, you feel this pull toward abstraction, but um, wow, that just seems overwhelming. And so you keep you keep doing the thing that is pleasing other people, but shutting down that part of yourself that says, look at me, explore me. And that can kill passion because passion has to be, you know, it's like this inner drive. And if you're not listening to that, um, it can become very dull and boring and and routine. Um, again, I suppose there's a connection there. Um, the marriage analogy that you brought up in a marriage, um, a lot of times the married people have to keep working to find things that excite them and interest them in their lives, keep life interesting, um, and, and not fall too strongly into routines and habits that become dull and we're, we're people we just we just want things to become interesting and continue to be interesting over time so right we always crave what's new and exciting and so it's it you have to keep your work and everything else in your life new and exciting all the time and and continually recommit yourself to it when i think that you know that's at the heart of creativity and creative creative passion, which is what we're talking about. Once something becomes dull or routine or um, formulaic, you start to lose the passion. And creative people do reinvent themselves quite often. I think they're always finding a challenge. Um, 
So, you know, other emotional things and kind of related to that, are you just following a path that somebody else has set out for you? Um, again, maybe you're pleasing certain people that collect your work or pleasing a gallery or pleasing people in your life that say, oh, I really like your landscapes, but I don't really get your abstract, something like that, you know. And these, it can lead to... Um, negative self-talk. Um, it's really easy to talk ourselves out of change, out of moving ahead in a positive way and doing the thing that we feel inside we really want to do. And there's a lot of things that we can tell ourselves, uh, bad things <laughs> in our heads that say, ah, you're not up for that, or stay where you are, it's good. Um, those kind of things. Or you know, you, you simply are not able to do the things that you want to do might be a negative thing that we would tell ourselves. Meanwhile, our passion is saying, go for it. <laughs> uh, this can become quite an inner struggle. And I think it's really common. And so if you if you feel like you're engaged in that kind of debate with yourself, you're probably shutting down your own passion. Um, another thing is, I think, can get in the way is that a lot of times in a lot of aspects of art, we set really high goals and standards, and that's fine in a big picture. But I think day to day, um, if you're falling short of goals that aren't particularly realistic for you, like I'm going to spend eight hours a day in the studio, or um I'm going to, you know, get into a great gallery right away. And then you fall short of that. Um, that engenders more negative self-talk sometimes. If you can't, you know, set set realistic goals that you can accomplish, that builds your solid base. And that, that helps you to feel good about yourself and what you're doing. Um, and I guess kind of the last one I was thinking of is, are you not showing up in the studio? Are you not pushing through your resistance? Because it is hard. There is that commitment. Passion doesn't just arrive unless you put in the time um, to gain experience and gain confidence. And there is this kind of, there's a kind of um, limbo period, I think, that you can go through for quite a long time, where you're just trying to to gain some good work and and produce some good work by showing up, by practicing, by putting in the time. And then at some point, it starts to open up and you do, you, you enter that positive feedback loop that you were talking about before. Right. But you can find those positive steps along the way. It's not all struggle and hardship, you know, kind of like enjoying where you're at and working towards a goal, and taking some of that pressure off yourself. Um, I think it's hard to feel passion when you feel pressure and you feel like, I got to get this done right now. I got to have these big achievements right now. Then it's you're putting pressure from outside yourself rather than listening to what makes you feel good now. Right, and I, I think it's also very important to Think about the people that you surround yourself with mm -hmm. um, and make sure that the, the people 
oftentimes people are well-meaning, but as you mentioned, they may not be encouraging certain aspects of your work that you want to explore. And I've often had the discussion with friends and family members that, you know, hey, I've got plenty of negative voices in my own head. You know, I've got I've got plenty of those those I oftentimes people feel the need to p- to play devil's advocate, especially when you're doing something new and exciting, going in a different direction with your work mm-hmm. um, and people see the passion in you and they want to step on it like mm. like a small animal and crush it. Mm. And a bug. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, these people are being. They, they they don't want you to become discouraged. This isn't this isn't malicious. This is you mm-hmm. know they want to moderate your in, intensity for whatever you're doing. Yep. And I've oftentimes said to people, look, I I do not need you to play devil's advocate to my passion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like I what I need you to do is be encouraging and trust that I'm going to figure it out. You know, you don't you don't need to come up with a whole bunch of reasons why what I'm doing is not going to work. I I will figure it out. I understand that there's going to be challenges, but what I need from you is not to shoot down my passion. Wow, that is really a good point and you're so right. It's like it seems to be human nature a lot of times when somebody is like really up about something and really excited uh, to say, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you know, it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, rather than, you know, wow, your excitement is is great, you know, you're really going to take this someplace. Uh, why do we do that to people? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I think, as you said, it's well-meaning because um, we're sort of programmed to to tamp that down somehow when we see it in people. Um, and, and you need to watch for that in your own behavior too. Absolutely. You know, when, when you're interacting with somebody else and they're excited about something and maybe you just don't quite get it, mm-hmm. um, make sure that you're not shooting it down. Right. You know, say, say, tell me more about that or tell me exactly. what your ideas and, are. You know, and you, and, and the, the proper way to handle that, you know, especially with something you don't understand is to ask questions and, and to say, you know, wow, that's amazing. I, I'm sure you'll figure out a way to make all this work. And, you know, and I believe in you and um, and and really just encourage people to maintain momentum and, mm-hmm. and hope that they will do the same for you. That that what we're what we're telling each other is that's great. What's your next step? You know, right, right. Not. Well, how are you going to deal with this? Well, this isn't going to work. You know, that, that's, right. <laughs> that's not the right attitude, the right energy to bring to anyone who's passionate about something. And, and it's, it's something that can be very easily addressed in your personal life with your friends and family because it's something that is a very, very common thing that people do is, is, to, yep. is to, to try to, to moderate your passion. Try, it's, it's just people naturally fall into this role of devil's advocate. Yeah, so true. And and as the person who's who's feeling that energy and excitement, you know, what can you do yourself to keep it going? And one of the things, like you say, is don't let people talk you out of it if you're feeling it. Um and I think you can also you can look for for mentors, you can look for people that will support you, that maybe they're further along the path than you are in this particular thing. 
And, you know, of course, there are always considerations, you know, you don't need people to point them out to you because you probably already thought of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, looking for people who have worked through some of the more difficult aspects of things um, and talking to them because they're more likely to encourage you. They can, they can say, yeah, I was like you. I was excited. I encountered some difficulties. Here's how I dealt with them. That's realistic, you know, and I think those people can, um, can show you the way and help you more than somebody who really hasn't been there, who hasn't explored that avenue. Um, they, they are more likely to be encouraging because they have got someplace with it. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, as, as the person who is feeling passion, and excitement, um, honoring that in yourself, keeping it going, avoiding situations that are going to bring you down. Uh, at the same time, you know, being realistic, and I, I think that's part of being passionate is accepting the challenges, and accepting that things can, yeah, there will be problems, and and you really, like you said, you don't really need that pointed out to you because you already know that, right? Yeah. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yes. I think getting back to the idea that, that passion is rooted in emotion. And so that if you're feeling a lack of passion, that could mean that the emotions around making your art are somehow blocked or conflicted. Um, and so you're a little bit off track somehow. And you you need to figure out kind of, how to get back there and or how to get there in the first place. And it may seem like passion is something that you just have or you don't have. Um, but even people that have it probably didn't start out that way from the beginning. They had to develop it and they had to work through um, what it takes to sustain it. And I, I really believe that this passion for your work can grow just like any other aspect of your character or your life, if it's given some nurturing, some good conditions, some attention. Um, and if you do feel that passion now, you know, don't ever dismiss it, just honor it. And how, how can you continue to feel it? And I think you need to expect um, the same from the people around you in your life to, to honor your passion. All right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.